Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom, and Dusha is not dead, but does have COVID. Uh, <laughs> he's still in the UK. So joining us today is the lovely Gemma. Gemma, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back, Gemma. We tried. Last week, I think, Tom and I had to do a two-man special, a real gas leak episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was my bad. I cancelled uh, the day before, so everyone can blame me for that. Gil got to you, and that's okay. We understand. He didn't want your knowledge being given to two idiots because <laughs> this combination is dangerous because not only are we reckless, now we have facts. It's too powerful. Gil's reach <laughs> is too far. He's now injected COVID into Joel Dusha. Yep. Um, he's also come after me. I have got COVID <laughs> as of today. Bravely soldiering on and recording a podcast. Um, Sean, can I just say I'm shitting myself because I'm still standing. Uh, I'm that's why to... you moved recently to keep that's Gil it. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's at my old house, <laughs> <laughs> which is anywhere between ten minutes and seven hours from Arden Street. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That number keeps changing every time I hear you say it. Well, because I moved. Time, that's, last time that's it was why. four hours. Yep. <laughs> this year, this time it's seven hours. Yeah, we got it. We got to keep Gil on his toes. We got it. We got it. Um, Sean, do you have a question for us, mate? Yes, I do. How good's footy? Pretty good. I'm going to sit back. You're going to sit back? It, look, it's it's pretty good for me. I think it's actually, there is a component of footy that is good for mm. all of us, I think, this week. That's true. Actually, I'm sitting forward again. Yeah. Tom, last yes. week we talked about history. We talked about the AFLW final, prelim final, Brisbane, Melbourne at the yep. MCG. God, oh. we were excited. There was We were. All sorts of talk. There was talk of a cowboy hat, everything. It, can, can I say that? I'm going to get some evidence up while you continue this story, Sean. Then tragedy struck. I think, I can't even remember when, but I went into isolation. I didn't have COVID yet. I was ducking and weaving. I was avoiding Gil. He was coming after me pretty hard. So I missed that game. 
also missed the Collingwood Geelong men's game that night. Tom and I were going to do a double header. Yep. And then we, Tom and I, in fact, we're going to also go to Brisbane versus Geelong this Friday night. I'm out of action for that as well. It's yeah, it's not good. Look, I got I can't find the message, but I woke on Thursday morning or Friday morning just to a text that just said the dream is dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I messaged you first, Tom. Before I even told my work, I just <laughs> I messaged you, and then I took thirty minutes to contemplate my life, and then I told my work I wouldn't be coming in. <laughs> but uh, look, Gemma and I got to be a part of history, and it How was. How was it? Tell me about it, because I've heard. Um, a couple of people from the Howgoods Brisbane group chat were there. They said only one gate was open to get in. It was a bit Technically of chaos two. at the start. Two. Technically okay. two, yeah. Well, so the members' gate was open. Hmm. Um, but if you're not a member, you, the only other gate open was gate six or yeah. four. One okay. of them. Okay. A gate in the newly named Shane Warren stand. Yeah, okay. Um, so I didn't experience that because I was with the the posh the RM Williams crowd, um, oh, yes, in the MCC members, a lot of Melbourne, a lot of lot of old well, boys. I mean, would you expect though in the MCC a lot of Melbourne, of course? Oh yes, but I I guess I was expecting the outer would be bigger than the like I don't know. I just feel like the MCC like it surprised me seeing some of the demographic, yeah, in there. But I think Gemma had the best seats in the house. Uh look, I'm not going to complain. I got to sit in the uh, ABC commentary box. Oh. Um, we were in the game. I wasn't commentating, um, but I was sitting there feeding them stats throughout the game. So um, I still got to have my paw prints on something somewhere. Awesome. <laughs> Everywhere. And- Anytime a stat, if you're listening to the ABC broadcast and you heard a stat, that's a jammer special. <laughs> you're, when you're in that box, how close are you to the microphones? Uh, well, they all wear headsets. Okay. So how sensitive are they? Is it kind of like, you know, when you're watching the cricket in the summer and it's like you can hear the people in the box with them losing their mind when there's a wicket or something like that. Uh, EU on ABC when like Melbourne kicked a fucked goal. I stayed very silent, but was very, uh, very physical in my celebrations. Yeah. <laughs> I was just imagining you very pent up for the whole game and then walking out into the hallway after and just punching a hole in the wall. <laughs> I was at work today. There was a big hole just outside that. No. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Clarko or Gemma. I don't know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> Clarko wasn't in, but I definitely know Gemma was in this room. <laughs> so it's, it's actually pro, weird because it's just crowd? pretty pro, pretty pro. Um, yeah. Yeah. But actually. Definitely was, a lot of Brisbane there. A lot of Brisbane turned up, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely, where I was, was definitely mostly, mostly uh, Melbourne. It was, what was cool though was, just doing like spotting of people because obviously there's all the people there, but like Nina Morrison was sitting in the MCC and I'm like, mate, you should be out there. Mm. We need to be better next year so you can. <laughs> or you mean come to Melbourne, Nina Morrison. Uh, heard it heard it here first. Tom, what have you done? <laughs> uh, don't fucking like that. You don't need her, okay? You already took one of mine. You don't need any more, okay? okay. So did you Stop being greedy. Starcevich's post-match, the subtext of which was basically like, oi, get fucked expansion clubs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sydney, that's... those cheeky bastards, what are they up to? Well, I mean, if you appoint a coach that has good relationships with players, then they're automatically going to um, be able to bring players across. Scott Gowns will be able to do that um, to a certain extent. I think Natalie Wood at Essendon will be able to do that. Beck Goddard obviously already has a really good relationship with a lot of players through the VFLW. 
I think that's the way to go. It's a smart way because A, they've all shown that they're invested in women's footy. Whether you're a man or a woman, I only care about you showing that you've been invested in the women's game and not, you know, wanting to do men's and seeing it as a stepping stone. And I think the three. Del Santo. Oh, sorry. I didn't say that. Maybe I've got COVID. Maybe. (laughs) Been struck down. Um, But yeah, like I, I think, and, and, the the clubs that do sign coaches that have those relationships because they've been in the women's game for so long are reaping the rewards of it. And, you know, Brisbane did that right from off the bat, signing Craig Sarsovich and Bree Brock at the head. So, mm-hmm. you know, those clubs, they're being successful because of those decisions that they're making. For Sarsovich is pretty worked up about it, but have you, Gemma, have you heard any word of potential Brisbane players that might leave? Because I haven't heard anything really. I'm hearing a lot about, you know, the Bulldogs might lose basically their every good player they have, but not Brisbane. Um, I can't confirm anything, but I do know that clubs have inquired about a few Brisbane players. Hmm. Um, I can't see a lot of Brisbane players leaving. You know, getting Stasovic right after his team has lost a prelim by four points, obviously he's going to be worked up about everything. So I think take the strength of reaction with a grain of salt as well. I know he's been strong on it and I know that he's had, I mean, I spoke to him a few weeks ago and, and it got brought up as well, the, them losing players to expansion. But we've got to remember, this is the last round of expansion for the foreseeable future for the AFW. So it's been painful, but it's the last time it's going to happen. Um, Queensland has so much strong talent, so people are going to try and go there. But as it stands, it's still a state-based draft and players need to be willing to move states if they're going to play at a different club. Brisbane's in a very different position now than they were for the first expansions where they had recruited a lot of Victorian talent and those players wanted to go back home, whereas now I think 90% of their list is Brisbane-based or mm. Queensland-based. So it's much harder to prize a player out of there now than it was back in uh, 19 and 20. Yeah. Good luck, Sydney. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Not just Sydney. I love how everyone's gone off to Sydney for this. It's like there's four clubs coming in. Oh, Ban them from the draft. You're, you're telling me, you're telling me that Port Adelaide aren't going to have the biggest oh. crack of all time at Aaron Phillips. I hate Port already. Her, already her old him. man played like she's going to end up at Port. She's absolutely going to end up at Port. Uh, that would suck for them, but. I mean, what more can you do? Well, look, <laughs> it would suck for them, but also I'm sick of them. I'm sick of the Crows. Yeah, I'm sick We're of the Adelaide game. Grand Finals. Sick I'm of sick it. of Adelaide Grand Finals. Freo, you had one job. We'll get to uh, your one job in a minute. We'll go back to our um, all right, game Melbourne. we all attended. Melbourne. <laughs> they were too good. Move on. Um, <clears throat> next game. <laughs> nah, it was a very good game. It was very stressful. Um, um, we broke, broke records in that game. Lots of records got broken in that game. What's the juiciest record that fell? The one that I like the most, which is probably the least uh, popular. Um, So in the grand final last year, Brisbane broke the record for the most 1% in the game. So 1% are knock-ons, spoils, smothers, and uh, it's the fourth one I'm thinking of. Uh, Knock-ons, spoils, smothers, and little 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 kicks along the ground, little half half a thing. (laughs) Shepherds. 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 I knew there was another S one. Um, so they had 46 in the grand final last year, and that's been a whole thing with Brisbane is their whole um, culture, their whole game style is based on team first uh, mentality, do those little things to put your teammate into a better position, that sort of thing. Um, in this grand final, uh, this preliminary final, 
Melbourne had 47, so broke the record. Brisbane had 48. So both teams broke the record for most <laughs> one percenters in a game. Uh, and also, and I think this was a stat from you, Gemma, was that uh, this game had the second most number of tackles ever combined between two sides? Yeah, so um, there, there were 172 tackles laid on in the game between uh, Brisbane and Melbourne. Brisbane had 99 of those. Um, Kathy Spark had 17 of those. Jesus. Um, but uh, Spark had six in the first quarter. But, the yeah, the most tackles ever laid in a game was 178, which was Melbourne v Gold Coast earlier in the year. And this comes in at number two. So that was another record broken in this game. Mate, just love breaking records. I'm just checking. I mean, I'm just doing a balance check because I actually, as soon as nah, the game ended, in. I put my phone away and <laughs> see the, the stack, the stack the queen ocean. is. <laughs> I don't think there are any. There stack queen's are. all over it. Oh, there's one. There's, there's one. one. Goldrick, six and six, which doesn't count. Six and six is no good. No. Nah. It's respectable, but it doesn't blow my head off. No. It's her first final. Melbourne had three players that had never played a final before. Mm. That's huge. Well, be better. Well, you would have, uh, Brisbane would have too, right? Ferguson no. and. The, oh, they all Fun. played the previous week. Oh, yes. Of course, of course, of course. Gotcha there, you know, absolutely got me there. I <laughs> I forgot because the the fixture, uh, look, the fixture was fucked. That's how I, I lost Fun. track of it, you know? Otherwise, I'm a genius. Yeah, just so, you know. I mean, finals are pretty separate from the fixture, though, right? Well, no, but the finals got fucked. So anyway, I'm not going to argue with this one with you. There's yeah, no don't. point. No, nah, we're too dumb. We're too dumb. If you bring facts to the argument, we'll be like, yeah, but it's the vibe of what I was picking up. Was- I love that you say we and Sean's face is like, fuck you. No, it's not. It's just you. I, <laughs> it's sure too. I stopped listening 30 seconds ago. <laughs> COVID Sean has no patience compared to normal Sean. <laughs> normal Sean has no, no, not no, as no, much no. more patience. I know. Um, I'm aware. Gemma, <laughs> I, I have to ask, um, how hard was it not to cheer really loudly every time Bannon kicked a goal? And does this prelim performance mean that she has absolutely stitched up the Rising Star? No, it doesn't because finals don't count in Rising Star. No, no, I'm 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 very aware the finals don't count for Rising Star, but I'm about to cast my vote now. I know that finals don't count for the Rising Star, but I'm like, gee, she was good in that final. She was she was good all year. Yep, give it to her. Right, like that. She just sits in my mind. So when I'm about to write down who I think it's going to be, I write a list of Bannon. I don't even think about it. Should have voted earlier. This is a flaw in the system. Don't the you think? Rising Star was already decided. Oh, Ooh. okay. So Tom, right. Tom, you've led me down a wrong path again. Are you shocked? Well, no. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> when are the W awards? Is that this week? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Let's so, go, Batesy. Last night when. People listen to this? Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday. So by the time you're listening to this, I look either like a genius because Alyssa mm. Bannon has just won the Rising Star or I look like an idiot. I think it's going to be the latter. Yeah. Big She's time. not going to win it? Well, no, you're just going to look like an idiot. Oh, yeah, not fair. Just because. <laughs> because of that and because of everything else that you're going to say in between now and the end of the episode. It's, I mean, it's it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Um, So I... The question I have for you too, Gemma, just on this, is that I had a moment where I I was barracking very hard for Brisbane. I was doing my best. I was surrounded by Melbourne, but I was trying real I was getting them. I was trying. I was trying real hard, Sean. Good boy. But I'm not you. Um, so you know, I, I think did I did you, the best that I could. Did you lose your voice? Uh it, it got it got it got a little bit, a little bit. 
a little full, bit. Full of shit. I can I can tell a lie from a mile off. I, I then lost. Like, I couldn't. I needed to pace myself a bit you more. You preserved it for so, the game at night? Yeah. Okay. I did. I did. It's, you know, okay, Tom. Fucking hell. Unbelievable. <laughs> I cheered every goal they kicked, though, Sean. Yeah, good. As you rightly should. As I should, you know. Yeah. I, I got in, and, I got in Tom, amongst it. I wouldn't disrespect you if you cheered Melbourne goals as well because there were some absolute rippers. I cheered one. Uh, two maybe, and both of them were Bannons. Yeah, <laughs> you got swept up. I did. They were good. I I will say this though: being I haven't seen a Melbourne game live. I don't think mm. um, because Geelong haven't played them, um, and I don't think we've been out. We've never been to Casey Fields. Obviously, the greatest injustice of all time. We've not been there, but we will get there next season. Um, I've never seen. You know when like so. The example I've got is bad because it is a men's football, women's football example, but bear with me here. For ages, you hear that, oh, Pendlebury's really good in traffic when he's at the height of his career. And I was like, yeah, he looks fine. It's not until you go to a game and you sit on, like you sit there and you see him up close and you go, oh, no, he's he's actually he's actually really good. Tom, you can tell that from TV. <laughs> no, you can. But, it, it, but so, for example, I always knew Daisy Pierce was a good player and that she was a good captain. But there was a moment in the game that probably on the broadcast you probably don't see because I think the you camera do. would I, cut off. I think you do. I think I know which bit you're talking about. Is this right at it's the end? Right at the end where Bannon was running in for that third goal and yeah. Pierce was running with her sort of to get the overlap and then immediately went, I don't have the wheels, you're in the bed, and started directing other forwards to get into positions she to stop defenders. She turns around and faces away yeah. from the goal to do it, yeah. It's, it's like that is... That is a captaincy 101 and she deserves to hold the cup because and of that is, moment alone. This is an example I think I mentioned to you guys earlier in the year. Remember when Bannon kicked that goal of the year contender against Richmond in round two? Yep. And everyone was saying she burned her captain in the goal square. She burned her captain in the goal square because Daisy was sitting in the goal square. At the ground, what you actually saw was Daisy telling her to go for goal. So Daisy's leadership in that forward line has done just as much as her ability to hit the scoreboard, her ability to be involved in scores as well, because she's actually giving confidence to younger players or or teammates um, who otherwise maybe would have panicked in that situation. And I, I think Taylor Harris has been pretty public about saying, you know, her improvement is off the back of Daisy's leadership in that forward line as well. So, um, yeah, we can't just consider Daisy in the box of when she gets the ball. It's everything else she does as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, I saw that firsthand because you could even see her like when the ball was at the other end or other things were happening, just the directing of traffic. And you're like, oh, that's that's stuff that you won't see on TV because the play's, you know, yeah. further away. So you're not going to see that. And it was like, oh, no, she's she's fantastic. And I'm so sad she's not going to come and coach you Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. You don't know if it'll happen in the future. But we just no, true. right now it's not happening. Take no. Chris Scott's job. Honestly, do it. I'd I'd let it happen. Kick him out. She, I mean, she would back in a rock, wouldn't she? <laughs> she'd she'd bring Lauren Pierce across with her. We need Lauren one. <laughs> but, um, Although she I, got out, she got out rucked by um by Hickey, who didn't have as much influence around the ground, but certainly in the hitouts. Uh, I thought I thought Pierce was pretty good. Uh, Pierce was very good, but I think uh, I was saying hit out wise. I think well, she like Hickey, Hickey had the most hitouts in a final. She had thirty three. But Lampier's had nine clearances, most yeah. on the ground, which uh, I, is the most ever for a ruck. I thought Pierce beat her, to be honest. It depends on what you needed your ruck to do. I think Pierce yeah. did what Melbourne needed her to do. I think Hickey did what did what 
uh, Brisbane needed her to do. Yeah. yeah. Gemma, what did you make of the Taylor Harris matchup in the back line? Because coming into the game, like last time we played, she had one of the more destructive games you've probably ever seen. Seven contested marks equal yeah. the record. Yeah, I think they played her really well. Um, but And I think Melbourne adapted to that really well. So it was good on both sides. So Melbourne kind of like the buddy thing in round one for the Swans, where it's like everyone knows we want to go to him, so let's not. So in the first half, probably, first quarter and a bit, Melbourne was going long into the into the forward line with the hopes of her taking a big contested mark. When they realised that wasn't working because Brisbane's defence, especially Indy Tahu, were doing really well, mm. that's when they started to pull their forwards really high up the ground, get it over the back, use Bannon's speed. So Melbourne adapted to what Brisbane was doing really well, and that's, I think, what changed the game, really, because I thought Brisbane really had control of the game in the first half. Yeah, for sure. Even like the start of the second half, I was seconds away from messaging Tom. Brisbane kicked that first goal. I think we went up, was it 14-8? I was going to message Tom because I just had this vibe. I was like, Tom, I think think we're going to like push away. We're going to win this. I think we've got this. And then two seconds later, Melbourne kicked two goals. They'd taken control and then it was just fucked. I think just it was a... An incredible game strategically to watch and mm. consider all the moving parts, how the game changed from quarter to quarter. It was actually just incredible in terms of that as well. Like I know there's all the, you know, MCG and it was a prelim. Melbourne made into their first grand final, all that sort of stuff. But strategically, it was the two remaining inaugural coaches in the competition going head to head who have had lists and a lot of players on their list or, you know, seven, six or seven players on their list who have been there since the start. So they had this advantage over other teams or other clubs. And when they go head-to-head, they're able to do those sorts of things that are really different to what we see in other games. And that's what made it so exciting as well. Do you think it's the best matchup in the in the league? Those in two terms, terms of a rivalry? Hmm. It doesn't uh, seem to have that spiteful or, element, although there was a little there's a few little things in this. But, but it's, in terms if, of just what, like you, when you see those two teams are playing each other, you go, oh, fuck, this is going to be a really good game. It's just going to be a great game. Yeah, I think those two, I think Melbourne and Frio, and then I think Adelaide and Brisbane. They're yeah, probably okay. the three that are like, you know, it's going to be a really good game because they're skilled teams that are well coached. And then I think probably the other rivalry that probably fits more in the it's quite, you know, aggressive in a way they clearly just don't like each other as teams is the Collingwood North one. So that's yeah. a rivalry in a different respect. Yeah. North try to have that with everyone. But especially yeah. with Collingwood. Yeah. And Collingwood oh, yeah. have been public about not liking North as well. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's, look, I hate them both, but I <laughs> <laughs> it's good to watch. Um, speaking of teams that we Look, hate's a strong word, so I'm going to say don't like just because they're there again and I just wish someone else was. But, hey, this is the way footy is. You've got to be good and they are good. Adelaide rolled in to play Freo and we're all like, okay, Freo, you've got one job and then grand final at the MCG and Freo went, yep, and Adelaide went, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) They uh, torched them in the end. Well, it was 14 points. I think the game felt... Uh, a, like the margin was a lot bigger than 14 points. It did. It felt like at no. At, I remember watching in that sort of third quarter. Even though I think Adelaide only kicked like one goal, it was like oh, they're just they're just going to get away from him here. Yeah. I think they only kicked two goals to like one, and it and at, at various points Freo could have come back, but it just never felt like they were going to be able to get 
anywhere in their forward 50 that would have any sort of impact because Sarah Allen was just doing these, just giving the bird to every footy that came in. Yeah. And that's going to be fascinating to see that back line on Melbourne's forward line, which is the most amorphous. Like Brisbane have a, a dangerous forward line because it's like, if this one doesn't kill you, this one will. Whereas Br- Melbourne have a dangerous forward line because it could just be anything. You you don't know. Like it would just, this is what it is for the next, for this five minutes. That didn't work. Okay. Now it's this. And now it's this. Like it's, it's going to be juicy. It's going to mm. be juicy. But yeah, look, credit to Adelaide. You're fucking doing it again. Another grand final Adelaide. <sighs> Is this I what think- it feels like for other teams because the finals was the MCG? Yeah, probably. But, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, but fuck Adelaide. <laughs> Go Melbourne. I'm on Melbourne. And normally, yeah. when a team knocks your team out, you don't want to. You don't want anything to do with them by under a goal, too, Sean. But no, I. You know, I love Daisy Pierce. I want her to um to win a premiership. Absolutely. I get the feeling every non-Adelaide fan is on the Melbourne bandwagon from, yeah. from messages I've received, things that I've seen. Like, I think everyone just loves Daisy yeah. and want to yeah. see Daisy do well. I hope ah. she plays forever. I hope this we're is at the end. <laughs> we're at the game on Saturday and uh, my girlfriend was there to see her favourite women's team, uh, which is the D's, yeah. Daisy Pierce. Yeah. That's, she's the one D, uh, Daisy <laughs> Pierce. Yeah, that's her favourite team. Yeah. Um, she's Richmond, but nah, no interest in the Richmond women's side. <laughs> it's all about Daisy Pierce. Yeah. I, I can respect that. I can yeah. absolutely respect that. How can you not? She's the best player bring, going out there. Bring, um, da- bring Daisy to Richmond. We talked about this previously, didn't we? We want like Daisy Pierce to do like a series of yeah. short contracts and play for every team. That's it. Yeah. Play like and not not like season to season, round by round. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It would be great if if the rule was that for for this game every quarter Daisy and Phillips had to swap. Thanks. <laughs> Far out. Oh, what what? Imagine trying to coach for that. Yes. <laughs> Don't be careful because Gil's listening and he'll do. He'll bring back AFLX one day, and that's what it'll be. It'll be yeah. players swapping teams halfway through. Now I've put this through a scrambler so that yeah. Gil can't find my location and give me COVID. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's got a hell of a cough on him, that man. Gemma, there's a lot of Freya supporters who listen to us. Uh, what what are they doing? They've been so close so many times, but just not quite. Are they done? Are they going to be there again? What is, what's your take on Freya? I wouldn't say they're done. Like they're in the advantageous position of A. Um, they're in a state that isn't going to be susceptible for, to any more expansion. So they're not going to bleed players like some Victorian clubs are, like Adelaide probably is, like GWS probably is. So that's a plus. They also debuted 11 players this season. So they're getting games into new players that should the season turn around really quickly will expedite their development because they haven't had to stop, decondition, recondition and go through all that stuff. They can kind of go straight through. So I think Freo are actually in a really good position, very similar to Brisbane, where they're young, they've got talent that they've got games into this year. That means they're going to hit the ground running next year. The other thing that Freo have that probably puts them a step ahead of Brisbane is they don't have any long-term injuries, really. They haven't had, other than Michaela Morrison going down with that ACL, it's not a key player that's gone down with a big injury, like a Kate Lutkins. So they do have the players to cover that coming into a season should it be the short turnaround that we're expecting. So if I was free, I'd be actually obviously devastated that you've not been knocked out in a prelim. But 
really positive about what's coming. I mean, it's it it's it's insane that there's a chance that we're just like so we we talk about doing the double. So there's going to be a that like Melbourne aren't going to be able to do the double without doing the triple. Like if Melbourne win on it's still a double. Is it? Yeah. If they win on Saturday and then the men win in September, that's a double. It's a double. Or if the men win in September and then the women and, and, then, and then we assume the next season starting in August, ending in December, and their season, they win that, then that would be the double. But if they win on Saturday, it's not yet because it doesn't no. count from last no, year. No, correct. Just yeah. I'm glad you understand that because I think there's a few people in the media, a few people in the media who also don't understand how wives work, which is baffling. Oh, I want to talk about this. Gemma, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you can since you're, uh, uh, you're in the media, essentially. Tom, you and I will be. Um, yep. Oh, yep. I thought the commentary, has nothing to do with the show. I thought the commentary was really poor in that game. Yep. Um, is it because it seems they- like a real like skeleton crew almost? You had, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Sodas. Sodas. Who's to, for my money? He's a boundary rider, is he not? And he's not a great boundary rider. Let's I'd, be real. <laughs> I'd never heard him commentate a game, um, and I kind of wish I hadn't. He was awful. Beck, she's fine. She's knowledgeable, but I think you need a third person in the box to bounce stuff off as well. Yeah. And then they, I think it was, was it Sammy Lane on the, on the boundary? She, she does a fine job, but they were asking her to do quite a bit. Yeah. She was hung out to dry a bit down on that yeah. boundary line. How many did they have for the Melbourne Brisbane game? Uh, they had two special comments in the box, one lead commentator and then Abby on the boundary. So they had one That's- extra person and it does help heaps. I, and also their caller because was probably Bet, someone Bet who calls games, right? Bet Goddard is obviously extremely knowledgeable, but she's not always like that Soda, is it? Soda's whatever his name is. He was like sort of throwing to her a couple of times and you could just tell that she's kind of like, she doesn't respect who she's working with. He was just kind of like giving kind of short answers where it's like, no, no, we need we need more out of this. The, the funniest one was when there was a real like dicey free kick given late to Woodlands at the end of the game. And so it was like, is that there? And it was just like silence for 20 seconds as Bet Goddard weighed up her options about what she was going <laughs> yeah. And she went, well, they do pay that. And that was it. That's all she gave. <laughs> That's just dead air. Yeah. And I love um, it because it's rare. Um, yeah, he said the uh, he called them sisters, which is just like what the fuck. Just how do you how do you roll in and you like sister? Yeah, good because they look like sisters. They're definitely they definitely look related. The but fact it's that- not but the thing is it's not new. Like Ebony no, that- tweeted, we've been mar- just we've only been married for three seasons. Like everyone knows they're married. Everyone yeah. except. So does he doesn't understand to commentate women's football? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good state of affairs, Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, he's not there for the grand final. Surely not. Oh no! (laughs) Surely not. No, no, can't be. Can't be. He will not. Surely they'll get. They'll get. um, Oh, you know what? He might be on the boundary. Yeah, but that's okay because he doesn't have to do shit on the boundary. They'll get him and someone else. Him and Abby will be on the boundary. Abby can do all the actual good work. Abby needs to just flick his microphone off. That would be great. Just what they should do is he should be getting ready to go on and Paxman should just accidentally bump into him when she's coming off and he just goes into the front row and he's just out for the game. <laughs> First rotation, Paxi just puts him into the front yeah. row of the stands. Just did a poor job. And, I mean, if Gil's weaponizing COVID, send it to South Australia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Give it, give it to Sodas. Give it to Ken Hinckley. Give it to Mark Rusciuto. Tex Walker. There's a few of them in there. Just uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Who's winning the grand final? I'm Melbourne. on Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne. I believe. I believe in belief, Sean. Yep. But Gemma's the only one who we care about with her actual knowledge. So who's winning the grand final, Gemma? My heart says Melbourne. My yep. head says Adelaide. Well, we'll go with the heart. As we go with the heart. That's what this show is. Three for Melbourne. That's it. Um, now, there was some other games on this weekend. Yeah. Not, as, not as significant because it's round three. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, not necessarily who cares cups, but there's a lot of games that didn't involve teams that either of us care about. And while the results were interesting, uh, I don't want to give any more airtime to Adelaide. I feel like I've talked about them enough. So they won the showdown while the goal off the siren. Congratulations to them. But we won't talk about that because they stole oh. your boy, Gemma. And I'm not, we're not going to talk about him. I do want to briefly say Ken Hinckley's in huge trouble and you just love <laughs> to say it. Yes. He is under the pump. 0-3 and he's got Melbourne and then Carlton. Imagine they're 0-5. Oh, stuff dreams are made of. <laughs> I'd like to make a proposal that we talk about our three teams and any extraneous stuff because otherwise we'll be here for 10 hours and uh, Sean's got COVID and needs to go to bed. So This is true. I don't know if I told everybody I've got COVID. We're going to jump into uh, Thursday night's match. The Western Bulldogs played Sydney. Gemma, they won 71 to 60. What the hell went wrong? Yeah, so the Swans, I think that being at the ground, the thing that was really evident to me was the ground balls. And in the first half of the game, the dogs were just cleaner at the ground ball. They were positioning themselves a lot better. So, like, the Swans would go inside 50 long and high toward, you know, McLean and Amadi, who were doing their job in bringing it to ground, but the small forwards just weren't there at the fall of the ball and the dogs would clean that up every time. So it was just those things that were probably really frustrating. Second half, they got their act together, but they've given up a bit too much in the first half to really win it back. Is Laddams injured? No, he's in this week. He's going to be playing next week. Uh, I was going to say. Hickey's out for six to eight, I think they said. Oh, that hurts. Hickey's, Hickey's but I'm excited player. about Laddams. I think I love Hickey. I think Hickey has added so much more than anyone could have even expected. Yeah. But I think Laddams gives you something slightly different. And he's probably a bit more physical, which I think the Swans could use in that midfield at the moment, give them a bit more of a physical presence, which I think is quite exciting. Yeah. Who have you got next week? North Melbourne. Oh, we were going to talk. There you we- go. When we were going to have you on last week, we were going to talk about the whole buddy thing. Are you? Is a part of you really disappointed that it didn't hold off for one more week so you could see it see it on Thursday night? I think I'm far less sentimental than most people are. Like, I think it was a sig- really significant thing. It was wonderful that he got there, and I'm so glad that he was happy and was able to enjoy it. But, like, I just want to watch the footy, and I probably would have been cranky sitting there for an extra hour waiting, you know? <laughs> Just the idea that you're like, okay, everyone, this is history. Shut the fuck up. Let's keep going. There's five minutes to go. I want some more goals. Yeah, I was sitting watching the TV. I'm just like, okay, this is great. And now can we watch the footy again? But it was like, again, and I I know that I'm like that. I watch footy because I want to watch the footy. But the other stuff is great. But, um, yeah, uh, it's good that it got to be done at the SCG with the home crowd, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, cool. You got anything else you want to talk about with Sydney? Uh, Errol Goulden and Chad Warner are flipping amazing and mm. I'm really excited that Warner is back in and he's probably been one of the best for the Swans the past two weeks. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. He's got good energy, doesn't he? He does, and he's just... He reminds right me. Right hair of, too. I mean, that's probably questionable. Um, Big fan. I, I think Big fan. The thing that I really love about him is that breaker out of stoppages. He adds a different dimension to the contest to what is already there for the Swans, and that's what's exciting. And I think McInerney, who I think is maybe back this week, if not next week. He adds that little bit of difference because he has that run, but his kick is amazing. So it's those little things that I think are really exciting. And then obviously the McCartan brothers sitting back in defense. Um, I love that so much. And it's a powerful really well. combo. Yeah. Powerful I, combo. Yeah. I mean, Paddy gave away a few free kicks early in the game last week, which were frustrating, but um, he's, he's inter- an interceptor's dream, really. He'll only get better too, Paddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just reads the ball so well, and he yeah. doesn't have the pressure of having to be the guy to draw the ball he has to just go where it's going and i think yep. that is what's working really well for him and his brother he'll only get better for sydney and for all of our fantasy teams so yeah keep going patty <laughs> keep going son although Callum mills needs to lift because i'll tell you what my fantasy he's, team imploded this week he's yeah. been playing as the defensive mid he's still been getting a lot of the ball though except has, this week he decided to get nothing well he was running with liver i think and liver had a good game bloody liver Liver, 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 liver. Ah, Libsy. We'll move on from the pain of losing to the Bulldogs, which we know is your one of your most hated teams in football. Um, can I just say, though, Dogs, 9-17, you fucking nearly cooked it. You want to not be doing that too many weeks in a row? Jesus mm. Christ. Any comment on um, the free kicks, Gemma? Oh, I mean, if the Swans played a little bit better, the free kicks, whether they were questionable or not, wouldn't have mattered as much. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a good attitude to have. Yep. Horse needs that attitude, I think. He needs mm. to stop talking about 2016. No, no. He's entitled to have that pain in his heart forever. <laughs> I, I can understand post-game the feeling of that, but the reality was if they... He didn't had, say that, did he? No. no. He, no. he only said, um, what can you say? Or something yeah. like that. It was very yeah. vague knowing that he would... I think he fine. said, yeah, what do you want me to say? Yeah, exactly. Which you can respect because, you know... 
we want him to say the umpiring was fucked and I'm going to bash Bevo in the car park after this game. Yeah. And then we want him to, ha- then I want a fight between Luke Beveridge and Horse. And I think Longmire would win. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. He's a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, he is, yeah. and he's a quiet psycho. Yeah, he'll kick him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom, just out of respect yes. to our producer, yep. our producer Joel Dusha. In the um, trenches. We'll just mention Essendon very briefly. They lost yep. their 0-3. It's yep. looking dicey. It's not looking good for them, but look. They Essendon started poorly last year. Hey, they love doing this. They love being shit for the first few rounds, yep. getting all their players back, playing like a fucking psycho team that could lose at any second and then slipping into finals and getting smashed uh, by about seven goals. So I'm excited for that to happen for him again this year. Yeah, very exciting. Tom, you went to a second game on Saturday. I did. I did. Um, So I went to a game, and I will say this to both of you, that I don't think there is a better way to beat Collingwood than in the way we beat Collingwood. Oh, Tom, we've been to a game where Brisbane beat them after the siren. That's probably the best, but this is this. Okay. If you can't have after the siren coming back from a like five goals with it and they're fired up. This is the other thing. Like I loved it because the chant, you know, the big Collingwood chant that started when they were about 24 points, like halfway through the third quarter, they weren't out by like 10 goals question. It was, it was well within striking distance still. Is this 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 chant? Is this just a calling wood? Calling or is no, it no? No, it's that, that one. one. It's yeah, the long reserved, one. That's reserved for a final quarter when the result is over. Yep. So that's they started stress. that in the third I, quarter, and I in my that. little heart, I went, "I fucking hope we get them, yeah. and I hope they all leave early because that's what they do." Also, they are they, look, look. They get a lot of Collingwood supporters get a lot of shit. They made a lot of fun of. And the reason is, is because they suck. So they booed every, like they booed Selwood all game. They booed yep. Dangerfield all game. Tom Stewart got booed all game. And I just don't understand it. Like I don't well, get the, that, like. It's not that hard to understand. Well, no, I, like I get it. I absolutely get it. The, the thing that I love is they're all very indignant about how Joel Selwood should get a week for trying to choke slam Ginevan, Ginevan, Blondie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when actually all Jack did was be a cheeky fucker and do a Selwood on Selwood. Selwood went to tackle him and he immediately put his arm up, which mm. is what Selwood did. So, like, very cheeky and I respect that. But it's like a high tackle and it's a free kick. You don't get suspended for a high tackle. Oh, but Tom. What you do get suspended for. That's screenshot. For, that's screenshot. It's just going oh, around all day. Oh, that's screenshot. Watch mm. the whole video, you absolute clowns. One. And then two, learn how the rules of the game work. Mm. Like, learn how they work. No. Two, then before you start... <laughs> Before you start booing players at other clubs, maybe you should consider cheering for a player who has been repeatedly accused of sexual assault. Mm. Maybe, maybe your priority is a bit fucked when you're booing a guy who's, you know, and I understand that Sherwood's divisive because of his free kicks and ducking allegations and all that. I get that. But just the whole game from start to finish and then cheering Dugowie like he's some prodigal son, it's like, there was a woman in front of me, actually, full credit to her, who he did something and her dad sort of cheated. And she's like, nah, dad, we don't do that. And I'm like, was she Collingwood? She was Collingwood. Yeah, respect for that. I think the um, media has a lot to a lot to answer for in that respect, though. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, every, yeah. Every week they're talking about Dugowie like he's the best player on the field. And it's just like, can't we have a break from this, please? Like, you can talk He's not about even the best player in the side. That's what I mean. Like it, it feels, and I know that this is probably me being 
sensitive or whatever, but it nah, feels it's like not. it's almost they're, they're doing it on purpose at some point where it's like we must talk about him at every possible moment that we have air in our lungs because we know that people don't want to hear about it or a yeah. certain group of people don't want to hear about it. It's just like let's talk about someone else for once. Like there are a lot of other really good players on that team. Ollie Henry is having a ridiculous start to the season. Yep. Can we talk about him for a bit instead of yeah. to going? You're right, about- Gemma. It's a deliberate choice. It's a them going. This is the group of people who are against him and don't want to hear about him, don't want a light shone on him at all, really. And they don't matter to us. And they don't care as much as the your set in their ways old school fuckhead supporters. That's the target audience still. They just yeah. don't give yeah. a shit. Because it's so, it's so easy voice, as a yeah. broadcaster to just be like, let's just not highlight him in the pregame. When they sometimes will pick like, they'll pick one player from each team. And they'll be like, oh, what's going to happen? This Just don't pick him. Why do you do it? They do well, it all it, the time. It's really interesting because as someone who's been involved in, in broadcasts this year, like those conversations are really easy to have. Hey, let's talk about this person instead. Like, yeah, it, it's really easy to choose a different angle. Um, but they're constantly, and whether it's they haven't done their homework and he's the only one they know about and that's why they choose to talk about him or whether it's a deliberate, oh, yeah, we want to target this type of person, so we're going to talk about this player. I don't know, but um, we need to do better, I think. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Especially, so, yeah. like you guys said, they do have a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah. and Pick you know, someone different as, every week, educate much, people at home. Yeah. Like, I, don't, right. I don't know Collingwood. Pick a player that I don't really know and tell me a bit about them. That's better than shoving this fucking idiot down our throat every week. But, like, Darcy Moore has had an incredible start to the season as well. Like, he has played a ridiculous start to the season. I've barely heard him mentioned as well. Mm. Like, and I watch, as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I watch so much footy and I hear about Dagoe more than any other player. And it's just like, this is, yeah, a deliberate choice that's being made. Yeah. Yeah. He's good, but. Um, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's let's stop talking about him because we're how good's footy. And yep. so let's talk about the good thing, which is that Geelong comeback from the all time great comeback. I was my voice is croaky, not because of COVID, but because of oh. yelling severely. Um, I stood, I think, uh, for Cameron's first goal in the 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 last, and then for every goal after that. Um, I turned it to someone I was at the footy with, and I at at, at Three-quarter time, Cameron's goal late in that third quarter, huge to sort of rest the momentum back. I wasn't I wasn't too worried because it felt like it, it didn't feel like they were smashing us everywhere. It just felt like they had momentum and the crowd was carrying them. And we broke that a little bit in late in that third quarter. I was like, right, if we can get a goal in the first couple of minutes, it gets to four goals and it's absolutely on. What I didn't know was that Jeremy Cameron had had that same conversation with the team at three-quarter time where basically Joel Stelwood said he was giving off the vibe of someone who was like, kick it to me, and then told all of the players, don't worry, we're going to win, Mm. which I love. I love that energy. And then for him to then come out and kick three huge goals and be involved in everything. Plays for the right club. Sure does, Sean. Mm. (laughs) Um, But the best thing about it was it wasn't just like Selwood was enormous late. Stewart had a huge last quarter and obviously Cameron kicking those those three goals. What was really pleasing for me as a Geelong supporter is that Sam DeConing got switched into the forward line. I think he was involved in three or four of the goals, which is just fantastic for a young fella. And Max Holmes went absolutely bananas in the last quarter. He was everywhere and clean and fast. And you're like, 
oh, so this is, so last year they recruited you because your speed's really good, but you needed to build a bit of muscle and get a bit better with your foot handling skills. A year on, he looks good. And you go, what do you, oh man, next year, like he's going to be really good. He's a really good little pickup. He's quick. He's smart. He's getting a bit of that bulk. He can now wear it right a tackle. Um, and just, yeah, really impressive win. Probably one of our gutsier efforts, especially because it felt like we were playing interstate. Such was the the volume and hostility of that crowd to yeah. rise above it, come out on top. Oh, there is there is honestly nothing better than having a Collingwood chance start in the third quarter and then you just run them down and go over the top of them. Felt good. Felt felt very good. Feels good to break a crowd, doesn't it? It does. They, they I missed Tom Hawkins' ceiling goal because uh, they're all they, people were standing up and leaving in droves. Oh, people is- started to leave when Cameron was going back for that. Um, that goal that was going to put us up by seven points. So there's still three or four minutes to go, and it's it's two points, two kicks, and they're going back to the middle. Cowards. Stay till the end. Weak. Exactly. Stick around. Stick around to the end so that I can laugh in your face. No, that's not what Hagrid's footy is about. Um, but, yeah, look, I love my boys. I love that we won. And uh, don't do that to me again. This is only round three. Fuck. Ease me into the year, please. Mm. Well, <laughs> next week. There's always next week, Tom. <sighs> Juicy. Big game. Uh, Brisbane played at the Gabba, beats North Melbourne by, what was it, 108 points? 108 points. Huge. That's the first 100-point win for Chris Fagan. Is it really? First 100-point win since 2007, was it? I think so, yeah. Which 2007 would probably be the Jonathan Brown 10 goals against Carlton that killed Dennis Pagan's career. So That is yeah, phenomenal. It is interesting because Brisbane, yeah. For a long time, they just don't absolutely murder a team. So it's good to crack 100. That well, is interesting nice. that it was against Noble as well. Yeah, you might have thought there'd be like a little bit of inside information. We have had typically, I think, closer games with North in more recent times. I remember it was pretty tight. We played him in Tasmania last year. It was a pretty tight game. Um, it was good to get a win because Brisbane have looked really rusty in the first two weeks. Um, yep. But it's almost like I worry when I play... I feel sorry for North, but they're just like so far below some of the good teams at the moment. It's like, I hope we don't come out in the first quarter against Geelong next week. And it's like, we're just used to playing against the witches hats that were North Melbourne on the weekend. I the think in- intensity it, wasn't there at all. I think it looks worse for North because Adelaide's been competitive as well. Like I think everyone thought Adelaide and North would be competing for a wooden spoon. Yeah. But Adelaide, even if they haven't looked great, like their skills have been pretty woeful at times this year. They've at least been competitive um, in games. They've had that, like the effort has absolutely been there. They've just let themselves down with these little fumbles and stuff. Whereas North, they just, they look like Essendon did in round one, really, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because last year when we played North, they kind of went with us all day and then we broke late and won by about four goals. And then you thought, They'll probably come up here and Noble will get them fired up and be like, we're just going to hit it, hit the ground running. And they didn't. Inside four minutes, Brisbane had like four or five goals on the board. It was actually crazy. Link McCarthy, I think, kicked three in the first quarter. Well, he kicked about- five for the first time. Yeah. Unreal. Slightly changed the topic as well. Sorry, just on quick scoring. Mm. Did you see that Richmond scored more in the first 90 seconds of their game than they did in the last 60 or something? Yeah, yep. it's crazy. They just like yep. died completely. Apparently that's the fastest two like back-to-back goals in a quarter. Yeah. Like it was two goals in like 38 seconds, something absurd yeah. like Cheers that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Link McCarthy kicked five. Zach Bailey kicked four. 
The commentators, they love Bailey this year. They keep talking him up all Australia. Hey, the Rat King. The Rat King. Oh, pull the teeth out, boy. I love him. (laughs) Um, He was good. Charlie Cameron kicked like two goals, six. He could have kicked probably like eight goals, nine goals. He was everywhere. It was insane. He just couldn't kick straight. Um, It was all happening. Brisbane's forward line is really good. It's kind of like they all have these periods in the game. Link McCarthy was dominant early. There was a period, I think it was in the third quarter, where Dan McStay got on top, and I think he kicked two goals in that little period. Um, Joey was good. He started well. Inside the first 20 seconds of the game, I think he ran around the guy on the mark and drilled one on the run from like 65 or 70. It was awesome. So just a, a good performance. I mean, uh, it was a low pressure game. get suspended? Yeah, yeah, it was a like a pretty – the footage isn't great. He clearly like does something, but it's like their backs are turned to the camera. And um, it's the North Ruck. Is it Cherry, Cherry. or Zeri? Yeah. Yeah, he just goes down immediately. I think he went down a bit weakly. Uh, it looked like he kind of bumped him, but he's got – I think he got done for a high contact. So Yeah, it, it's a strike, in into, a strike to the throat, apparently. Brisbane didn't fight it. Um, they so almost they almost never fight. They did with the no. Robo one, but yeah, they just never do because they don't want to spend the ten grand basically. Um, yeah. so yeah, he's a big loss coming up against Geelong. But Darcy Fort's been in really good form to start the year. I mean, sure, Geelong's we don't actually have a ruck, side. so um, yeah. Geelong's probably a good team for this to happen to. Darcy um, Fort and Joey Danaher will probably do a bit of ruck. And they might bring we, Fortson in, possibly. I don't know because we might not have Sav from his yeah. ankle injury, although apparently it's not as bad as they were worried. They thought he'd done the same thing he did a few years ago against Sydney, where it was just gone. Yeah. So he didn't, which is good. Um, yep. And But Segler broke his foot in the VFL, so not going to see him anytime soon. Disappointing. Zorko, he's playing on halfback at the moment. I think he's had like 66 touches in the last two games. Going well. He looks, he looks fucked, though. I was saying to the Brisbane chat people, I just feel like they should just, rest Zorko like every game he's coming off he's getting iced up he looks cooked apparently it's like torn tissue in his Achilles or something but they keep saying it's fine and then they the cameras follow him around the ground he's limping around and he's like nah it's all good it's feeling better every week I don't know I just feel like just rest him but I have enjoyed Brisbane's back line so far because it's been a pretty drastic change from last year we had Birchall and Leicester now Birchall's retired Leicester's playing VFL Two slow players are out of the team and they've kind of got, yeah, they've put Zorko, who's not as quick as he used to be, but he can still run a bit and he's a great kick as well. So you've got him on one side and Rich on the other. So the ball movement's a lot better. Pretty did you exciting. See, did you see the April Fool's Day post from Brisbane about Zorko? No, what was it? They Was it his kid? Yeah, it was a video of his kid yeah. running around kicking the ball and yeah. the, the caption was, we were going to post an April Fool's Day video but here's a video of Zorko instead (laughs) I didn't read that that properly I think I read we were going to post one and we decided to just put something wholesome I thought that's what I read no 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 it was just like here's Zorko instead oh great yeah that's very good Hey, we got we got got by an April Fool's. We all fell for the uh, GWS. We're going to re-sign Shane Mumford again because they absolutely <laughs> would do that. That is absolutely yeah. something. I mean, he's that on. Isn't he on their COVID do. replacement list? He is. Yeah. He yeah. Is, so yeah. it's not that far fetched. <laughs> no, it's really not. If you're going to do a joke, do it like Richmond. They were announcing that Richo was going to be on their COVID supplement list, um, and did a very funny interview with him in Apollo, saying he was excited to get back to training, which I enjoyed a bit. Mullet. With his mullet. With his mullet. The um. Only other noteworthy result is that Michael Voss is still undefeated. Well done, Vossie. Well done, Vossie. Just. Yeah. 
Just. Good game. Um, all right. I reckon that oh. feels like we've hit some juice, but we've got one important question, Sean, yeah. for Gemma. Uh, we'll, we'll do some more emails when Sean's not, not feeling poorly. I've got Although one. you have one? You've got I one? I do have one that I'd like to do, and then it will lead into Gemma's one. Okay. I would like to open TC Court. Oh. We got one from Trent. Hello, Lords of the Bounce. Another case to put through TC Court. I was a Hawthorne fan as a child, but fell off footy as a whole as I grew up. Now, as I enter adulthood, I'm getting back into the footy and I've realized that Jeff Kennett is a cunt and I don't really want to support a team with him at the helm. Is Fair this enough. enough reason to switch teams or should I stick it out? If I switch, I'm considering Brisbane or the Doggies. Thoughts? Thanks, Trent. Go to Brisbane. I haven't met, like, I'm, he's attempting to tempt me here with Brisbane, but I, he needs to stay with Hawthorne. Yeah. Jeff Kennett will 100% be gone by June, if not earlier. He, he's already announced that he was leaving in June. And the pressure on him now, because of what a fuckwit he is, he may leave earlier. Stick it out. If you're already Hawthorne, stick with your team. You're about to Jeff get a Cannon's women's team too. not going to be around forever. Yeah. You're I, about to get a women's side. I know that I'm not part of this, but I, I'm going to give you my opinion anyway. I mean, you're here. You're in, you're in TC Court. <laughs> Gemma, uh, welcome to TC Court. Visiting lawyer. Visiting lawyer, Gemma Bastiani. Uh, just before you go, we need to have the TC Court sound effect. Thank you, Joel Dusha. Yeah, no worries, Tom. On it. You have I'm the, the I'm the yep. guest actor on SVU. Um, yep. <laughs> I think if you have a bad taste in your mouth about Kennett, knowing that you went for a club that didn't put him in just once but twice, I think that's reason enough to want to leave whether he's still there or not. You make a good point. And I think that if your issue is Jeff Kennett plus the larger cultural racial issues with Hawthorne, feel free to move. You may move into a team that you find is going to have similar things down the road because it looks like the entire country are a pack of dogs. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I will say this also. What you what you could do, something that I have done, you should write a letter to Hawthorne. If you're a member too, definitely write a letter to them and say you were considering giving up your membership and leaving the club that you have supported because of this. Uh, you're a member of the club. You get a say as a member in how they do things like don't be an asshole about it because someone who is not paid enough to deal with assholes will be reading that letter or that email, but just send a, a firm email and be like, look, I'm considering this. What, what is the club going to do? Because they put out a pretty piss week statement. Um, so you should absolutely have a crack. Writing letters is good. Get it um, off your chest. So what's the verdict from TC court? Not a TC or a TC? Um, look, <sighs> I think you've got to stay. That's my. That's where I sit on that. I think I would stay at Hawthorne. If you feel compelled to leave, those are pretty good grounds to leave. So not a TC? I would say not a TC. Gemma, not a TC? Yeah, I reckon get out. Go to Brisbane while you can. Hmm. Not a TC. Confirmed. Thank you. Yep. Uh, anything else to be brought before TC court? Is that the court adjourned? I have one. I, oh. I brought one. I brought oh. homework. <laughs> oh. Here we go. All right. TC Court is still in session. Joel Dusha, take it away. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I got a message from a friend who, uh, his name is Ed. He's a wonderful musician. Um, Ed Sheeran. In a, in a band, Ed Sheeran. Jeez. This Star big power. Ed Sheeran. 
Gemma, we knew you were getting big. We didn't realise how big. He's uh, in a band called Mount Defiance and they're very good, so go and listen mm. to them. Um, but this I can't believe Ed Sheeran's in a band. I thought he was a solo act. This is mm. blowing my mind. You are insufferable. Uh, he's a Geelong supporter. Uh, I almost called you Terrence because you're using your father. Uh, <laughs> don't, um, don't reveal the, the magic behind the scenes. <laughs> he's a Geelong supporter, Tom. Um, so I got a message out of the blue. Okay, I'd love your opinion on this as you are the most knowledgeable football person I know. Oh, brag. True, though. It's, it's, it's true. It's a brag because then I bring it to you guys. Um <laughs> Respect it. Respect it heaps. <laughs> a pie-supporting friend is considering jumping ship because of the Dugowie and racism saga. Firstly, is it ever valid to change the club you support? Second, if the pies do end up be- being as progressive as they claim, would it be worth sticking with them? We have a rule still the there. We have a rule on the show. If it's Collingwood, it's not TC. Correct. You're allowed to automatic at any time. They yep. uh, clearly uh, have been dogs for an incredibly long time. Um, to go is still there. He's still running around. Just saying. If you feel in your heart that you are Collingwood, though, and you want to see what Craig McRae is doing, maybe give him a six-month stay of execution if you want. However, to go is still there. So that How, maybe how long is his contract? Is his contract almost over? I think he's up at the end of the year. He's got to re-sign. Right, so if they re-sign him, you can absolutely leave and that is a free pass. You are not a TC. Um, but if you want to see what the lay of the land is, if they're going to start actually doing stuff now that they've got new people in there, you can. But I, I would say you're not a TC if you leave Collingwood, as is the blanket rule. Yep. If it's Collingwood, you're never a TC. Yep. There you go, Ed. <laughs> that is, uh, is that everything for TC Court this week? I believe it is. Excellent. TC Court adjourned. Thank you, Joel Dusha. Beautiful work. Love your work. Tom, where um, can people find us? So if people want to send us an email, they can send us an email at howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at howgoodsfooty or individually. I'm at Awkward Trade. I'm at Carney from 55. And Gemma, where can we find you and all of your stats and facts and excellent pieces? Uh, Twitter is a good place to find me. I'm at GL Bastiani. It's spelled how you say it. I also have a podcast called Footy Actually that uh, if people are interested, they can have a listen to. Um, yeah, when, do, that, when do the episodes come out, Gemma? Look, I don't know anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but presumably a big week with a grand yeah. final coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm recording that right after this. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, I've been really privileged to have Cal Roach up on board this uh, season Knowing that I couldn't do all the work for it anymore, um, Cal's done the bulk of the work. I've literally jumped on and recorded, and that's it. So, awesome. um, shout out to Cal for doing that. But that's why I don't know when they come out because I genuinely, genuinely don't know. Some yeah. maybe a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Just look that's, up footy, actually. Correct. Yeah, look it up. Just don't. Gemma does enough work. All right. Okay, she's doing enough stuff. You do yeah. some work, people listening to this. Yeah, don't um, also look up that. Look up Haggard's Footy. Look up Footy Actually. Look up Scaredy Boys. New episode this Friday. Definitely look up that one. That is a great podcast um, where we talk horror movies and fucking sharks. So if That's you're interested right. in either one we of those just, things, we just did our hundredth episode, Jaws, where Tom got a little bit rowdy. Um, but that sounds like you think you should definitely listen. But also, Gemma, you've buried the lead here because uh, you've, oh, yeah, I do this and I do this if I'm on Twitter. But also, you can read Gemma's stuff on the AFLW website because she's a big deal. She's yep. very knowledgeable. ABC post stuff and also Siren Sport, which Gemma is a part of, do a lot of great good work. 
So, um, yeah, get around her. She's yep. way too good for this shitty, shitty podcast. <laughs> Every time she's on, we wonder if it's the last time. <laughs> oh, how good's footage, Emma? I mean, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.